What's going on everybody? 360 Digital Closing Bell here for our second week look back podcast. I'm your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, joined for you um, from an undisclosed location here from Denver on beautiful. Uh, we're actually recording this on a Thursday, you know, Thursday afternoon, so this will hopefully drop a Friday morning for your commute. And I'm also joined by our executive producer and publisher of Oil & Gas 360, Stu Turley. He's live from Dallas. Stu, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Bunch of news, man. It is crazy out there. I had a whole outline written written up, but then as we'll get into in segment one at 829 Mountain Time, um, things kind of went berserk, so we'll get into that. But we, you know, as you mentioned, we got a great show lined up. Um, you know, you know, we're U.S., we're, we're going to touch on storage. We're going to trump uh, uh, test on some Trump tweets. We're going to look at the week of oil. I see a lot of green. Uh, $22 really held, uh, $20 held at a great support. We're going to check in on inventories, and we've got a great company to watch. But before I get going, I need to get some clerical work out of the way, as always. First, please, if you are not subscribed to this show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, please stop what you're doing, pause the show, and go do that right now. Whatever, you know, rate, review, subscribe, whatever makes the algorithms go nuts, please, we can use the support, and it's the best way to stay in contact with us. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Entercom. You can follow all of us on LinkedIn. Oil and Gas 360 has got a page. Entercom has a page. Stu, uh, Stu's got a page. His full name is Stuart Turley. You can connect with him there. My full name is Michael Tanner. You can connect with me there. We're dropping a bunch of great interviews on, their, on Entercom's Energy 360 network. Um, we, we one with Quorum Data is about to get uploaded right now. We just dropped one with uh, EnergyNet, which is super fascinating. And we have a, you know, I'm going to tease a little live event we have sort of in the works. You know, I don't want to get too much into it, but we've got some interesting things in the works and I'm excited to be bringing them to you. And, and, and really how we have to start this week, look back podcast talking about what happened today. I know, you know, we, I, most of the times we like to start at Monday and work for it, but we have to start what happened today in it. Um, as everybody know, oil has been dancing around, you know, $20 pretty much, you know, it's been, that's it, too shaking his head, but yeah, it's been very, it's, it's, it's been depressed. You know, we've, we've touched, we will, you know, our, you know, our prediction was we thought it would go lower to 17. Thank goodness that didn't happen because really what happened today was a great example of how futures are traded off news and not necessarily action and the greatest. And, 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 and so, you know, the, there was something that happened at eight at eight twenty nine. Um, it came across my ticker white house reportedly calling for 10 to 15 million barrel oil production cut after speaking with the Saudis and Russians. This is huge news. U S de- delegates speaking with Saudi and Russia. This was huge news started. A market starts automatically shifting up three minutes later on one of on, you know, what has oddly become one of the best sources of news. Trump's Twitter account, Trump tweets specifically, just spoke to my friend Mohammed bin Sanu, crown prince of Saudi Arabia, who spoke to President Putin of Russia, and I expect and hope that they will be cutting back approximately 10 million barrels and maybe substantially more of which, if happens, will be great for the oil and gas industry. Three minutes later, Saudi Arabia comes out in an official statement and calls for an urgent OPEC meeting, wants to restore balance to the oil market, and they want to seek a fair deal. This is literally... Nine minutes of movement. And in that time frame, oil went from trading at about $20 to all the way it peaked. I mean, market high for the day was, or, you know, technically it's the next day when you talk about futures trading, but market peaked at about $27.30 and then it settled into where it's trading at now about $25. So you're talking about a $5 move off nine minutes worth of 
ticker. And that's, you know, if, 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 you know, I, to all the day traders listening out there, this is why you subscribe to a news service for stuff like this. You get this quicker than anybody. So it was unbelievable. You know, did, when did you, were you watching this when it happens to? Oh, absolutely. But Hey, I want to give you something. Uh, not only do you have to watch Donald Trump's tweets last night on his uh, virus update on his press release, his presser out there, he said, if Putin and uh, Saudi Arabia cannot get together, I'll make it happen. I'm meeting with all of the uh, comp oil companies on Saturday and even Sunday. I expected something to happen shortly after the, that, but I was kind of, I told my wife, he's going to get involved. It's going to be solved. And I didn't realize it would be like this. But that's great. No. And that's, and that's awesome. So he's slipping it in the, in the, in, 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 in his briefings at night. That's awesome. You caught that. Oh yeah. And so, you know, really what that means going forward is it's just tweets. Um, you know, we, we, we expect, like Stu mentioned, we expect Trump to probably still be meeting with the oil company CEOs who will probably be pleased about this action, but it'll be very interesting now to see what happens with OPEC plus moving forward. Now remember OPEC plus includes Russia. So moving forward, it'll be very interesting what these talks look like. Um, if you're talking about 10 million barrels being taken off the market, that's pretty good because considering we're, you know, the latest estimates now are really up to that 20 million barrel excess um, or, or excuse me, demand um, decrease due to all this coronavirus stuff that is just continuing to just sort of wreak havoc on specifically the oil and gas industry, but the economy in general. I mean, you know, the, the, the latest numbers have us pretty much locked in until end of April. That's even, you know, that's not even talking about the economy getting started. So it'll be very interesting. These production cuts would help, but that's a, this is a story we're going to be following. And I, I, like I mentioned, I had an entire outline written up for segment one. We're going to do eh, oil danced around. Let's see what's going to happen next week. And then boom, I had to rewrite the entire show starting at about eight 30. So thank you for that. Maybe we can do a little extra work. Um, and, 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 and this sort of kind of, you know, rolls into my second segment, which is sponsored. But before we do that, we need to check in with our sponsor, Corporate Data Learning Series. This is an event that I'm happy to be part of. And I'm happy actually to announce first in this podcast, we've oversold it. We've actually sold out. You can continue to register. We're limited to 100 people. So if you're registered, please make sure you get on that webinar about 15 minutes before it starts so you can actually reserve your seat. We'll be make sure to broadcast it uh, on YouTube after, but it's, it, it's, it's a great webinar that really teaches people free data skills. And specifically, they're talking about advanced Excel, and then they're going to do a Power BI um, demonstration the next night. It's a two-night boot camp hosted by two, you know, the, the two guys who are doing the content, Connor McCall and Parker Stevens, are excellent people, and they're actually teaching people hard data skills. You know, you're actually going to walk away with some tangible stuff. How do they get there? What's up? How do they get to the seminar? Oh, go to www.corporatedatalearningseries.com. You can register there. It's uh, uh, all the information. There's the two-night boot camp, April 8th through the 9th. Starts at 6. Probably get going about 6.15. Give everybody a chance, but make sure to get on there early. Reserve your spot. And, you know, part of why these production cuts really help is because of this, you know, this is one of the segments we've, we, we, we mentioned last week and, and we really wanted to expand upon more right now. And that has to do with oil storage in the United, in the United States, specifically due to the fact that there is a huge amount of demand drop along with supply increase from Saudi. Saudi is currently increasing supply. They haven't actually cut anything yet. It's been reported they're going to cut and that's what moves markets, but they haven't actually done that yet. So there's still this huge 20 million barrel gap between that this oil has to go somewhere. And really there's, you know, the, the newest information that's coming out 
is that effective tank tops, and this is basically what they describe as effectively full. Now, that's only about 85% full. And, and, and one of the things that as you read up on a lot of this storage you know, stuff where, you know, the market will always find a place to store. You know, there, there's estimates that there's over 100 million barrels sitting or 10 million barrels sitting offshore right now that the tankers are already full and that there's eight more of them lined up. Um, that was an S&P article. I think I read like two, three days ago about fl how much floating oil is out there. So the market will always find a place to store oil. So it's not, you know, this isn't necessarily a call for $0 oil in the future, especially if we're seeing the production cuts from Saudi. But what it's saying is that Pat, the, it, it, to get to that point, that's, that, that's only two months away, which is, sort of scary to think about considering the economy is probably going to be, and I wouldn't say shut down, but at the same point it is at now, probably throughout April. I don't think the status quo, you know, Stu, I know you keep a little more updated, but I don't think the status quo is changing much on the, just the economy slowdown at front, you know? No, and, and I know that uh, everybody keeps saying it's going to go just turn it back on. You're going to have a slow little demand curve as people gradually get back into travel, as they get back into uh, the airplane, as they get back to business and everything else, you're going to, it's not going to go, you know, like you're going to have demand like that. Oil exactly. Supply. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not just, yeah, like it's not going to turn on quickly. So two months, this could, you know, this could be a this three, four, five month issue before we're even at the right level. So that 85%, you could, you know, I, it's going to get, it's going to get there. And that only assumes a 30 to 40% shutdown in refining, which personal, in my opinion, I think it's a little light. I think really what the interesting part is, is that pads, you know, how, how oil storage is mapped. If you go on the EIA website, and you want to look at how much oil is being actually stored. And this is where you can go look up crude inventory levels, which we get to every week. You basically, what you can do is you can look at where all this oil is being stored. We don't have big, we have big storage in Cushing, but there are other places around there. And what they do is they break it down into what are called pads. And there's five pads, well, one, two, three, four, and five. And, you know, I, I, um, and pads two, three, and four consist of 94% of all oil production flows through those pads. So when you really are looking at storage, you have to, you know, go, go to the eye and check out what those pads are. I mean, it's 94% of the oil production. So, you know, I, I don't have to rattle off all the states and encompasses, it encompasses all of the ones you think it does. And the key to that is, is that those levels are going to be breached in three weeks. So while the entire system might get up to this capacity in two months, what pads two, three, and four, because they're running so much oil, they might, we might be breaching those levels in three within three weeks and so what wells fargo and what this this report that that i'm referencing is talking and specifically they're mentioning 2.3 to 6.3 million barrels per day needs to be shut in and that's specifically to avoid this issue in oil that flows into that um section and it represents anywhere between 14 to 37 percent of u.s and canadian oil production it's an incredible number when you think about where we're at in our pads Oh, you bet. And uh, the poor old midstream folks, they get paid on production going through and they're squeaking because uh, people are stuffing their pipelines. Hey, uh, just a real quick note. Um, Sean uh, Strawbridge, CEO of Porter Corpus Christi, we interviewed him uh, last week and uh, he had a note out today or yesterday that there is uh, storage tanks uh, between uh, 12 million and $15 million dollars a, bit, a million barrels being uh, constructed on their property. I don't know a date, Michael, um, but that's a lot of storage to help out. 
That is, and you heard that here first, here on the 360 Digital Closing Bell podcast. That's that ten million, and and as you know, and that's what I and and that's what I think. That's why I like educating people on the numbers because a lot of times you hear we're building a ten million barrel storage facility. Whoa, what does that mean? Well, that, that means that this could be that. That's a day's worth. That's a full day's every day worth of production that can be held, which is a lifetime considering this crisis we're in right now. Things are changing so quickly. So that's an awesome little nugget there, um, and you know. You, I can get in deeper to the numbers a little bit, but really the, the, the high level thing is, you know, now you're now getting people who are very conservative within the research space saying that 14 to 37% of production needs to get shut in. It's an unbelievable number considering the fact that um, already OPEC and, and then, you know, and that now it'd be interesting how these numbers change based upon some of the current events that happened today. But even based upon OPEC cutting back, we're seeing so much demand drop from this coronavirus that, you know, start, starting to see these numbers float out in a little more of an official capacity is super scary because, you know, as much as I trust Twitter, I usually wait till I see something verified a little more source before I decide to run with it. Yeah. Uh, Dan Bongino, one of my heroes, is always saying wait 24 hours uh, to let it verify. Right? No, 100%. And that's definitely what I do. And and so I think what we'll do now is we're just going to go ahead and roll into kind of the, the, the week of oil to kind of take, obviously we went over what happened today, but I kind of just want to get people caught up on what happened um, uh, the rest of the week. Really, you know, that $20 support line held all week. And thank goodness me and Stu were wrong. Our prediction was this week we were going to see seven. We were going to see it drop to 17. It didn't. 20 really held all week, which was really nice to see. There was about uh, five or six touches actually early or uh, middle of trading uh, session Monday at dipped below and that's where we saw the weekly low up until this point but then as you know it slowly began to creep back um yesterday as i mentioned late at night there was a little bit of a news leakage which brought it up to another dollar as Stu mentioned but then all of a sudden today it absolutely ripped up and when you look at the 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 levels that i'm looking at right now you know right now it's you know right now our futures contracts trading at $24.75 on the nose that's you know there's a huge volume bench right above that at about 20, at about $25 even which is when you go back onto a one month chart so now all of a sudden we've broken out of consolidation and we need to now expand our view when we set our volume because now we're outside of our range so yeah, i like to go back to the one month chart and let's see what happens when you really chunk back to the one month you can see two levels i see one being 28 um, the high 28 is 29 i have 28 92 listed on my chart and then i also have 25 dollars even as sort of the next two levels of resistance we might see on the way up if you're a bull if you're a bear i mean it's the same levels moving down 25 24.50 is probably a pretty good level that we're going to act as support i see 20 you know we mentioned that 23.50 zone still is going to hold very well that's actually where it peaked down on you know oil shoots up when trump tweets to 28 dollars it falls back down in a in a, in, in a continue or in a uh in a pullback all the way down to uh, 23.50. And then it became sort of what we would call a continuation move to the upside about another dollar. So as far as your, your scenarios looking forward, it'll be very interesting, you know, in the trading session, you're recording this Thursday afternoon, you'll be listening to this Monday morning, you know, any news that happens tomorrow morning, if there's any other crazy tweets, I promise you, I will drop a five minute episode to keep you guys updated. But, you know, it, depending on what happens Friday, um, and, and that brings up another good point in, in is that, you know, Trump, you know, the reason why we rallied today was because of Trump's tweet. And he has a history 
of sending these types of tweets on Fridays. Let's bring the market. Let's tweet Friday morning. Let's rally the market on Friday into the close. No, it's, it's, it's just you go. You can match up his Twitter. Bloomberg had, does it a great job of this. You can actually. It was a feature. They, it's a feature they have on their terminal. I've, I don't have access to one, but I've seen it where you can match up tweets with. And it's for, he loves the Friday uh, stock market tweet. And so I was, you know, not that this is, you know, it's always surprising when this type of news breaks. But you know, when I was looking at the calendar, I was like, oh, it's a Friday. Oh, good weekend tomorrow. But nope, we still have to show up tomorrow. You know, that, that kind of matches his uh, hint last night. I was on the trainer and I, my wife and I watched that. Oh, I only got 20 miles in this week. Just oh, yes. Yeah, what are you so up I, to? 180? Is that 180 then for the, uh, the two week stretch? Oh, no, 180 was last week. But okay. I got, that means the rest of the week I got to do 60 miles a night, whatever, side point. Hey, uh, Trump, not only was he hinting at everything, he is out there saying he wants to protect the, the folks. Now, there is that glut sitting on the uh, oil on the uh, ocean in the boats that you talked about. Holy cow, that's a lot of oil that's got to come in first. Yeah. And I think, you know, I don't want to speculate too much on what this, you know, cause you mentioned specifically that Trump is meeting with these oil CEOs. I, I don't want to speculate what's going to happen because again, unverified sources, but one can only imagine they're going to talk about some sort of import ban. That's, you know, how can we not, you know, we have all this crude sitting offshore we need to let it in, but we can't also continue to currently import the same. I mean, you know, and I don't know what will come of that. That would be my thought if, if, if coming out of this meeting. Are you looking for something specific out of this meeting uh, on your end? Well, uh, I published a, an article out a couple of weeks ago where uh, somebody had uh, brought up some facts that uh, the governor of New York, I believe, Como, uh, was uh, he's importing uh, LNG because he doesn't want anything to do with fracking. Why in the world are we importing LNG from Russia? Why don't we just go ahead and tack that onto it? Our team at Intercom has already been talking to the legislature about that. Well, that's, and, and that's a great point. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's something that I would be shocked if they don't talk about that. Um, is, and we'll make sure to get a, a link to that article um, in the show notes here so that, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the notes, you can, we'll get you that link so you can check it out because it's, it's, it's exactly right. I mean, you have to do something on the import side in order to solve this issue if you have all of this floating storage. So um, eh, it'll be interesting to see what comes of this tomorrow because we could, we, I could, we could be having to do a whole nother 20 minute show tomorrow afternoon to catch everybody up what happens. Cause it could be an insane market mover, which what comes down. I might block some time off on my schedule, but uh, when we look at inventories, you know, as expected, huge builds on the week, the forecast was 3.7 million and we did about 13.8 million barrels, which to be honest with you was actually a lighter then, um, which, you know, which takes into account how little these forecasts people matter, because if you actually look at the trading chart, 830, nothing happened. People expected it to be this number, but the forecast, because how, they, how these people run these forecasts are dangerous. So if you ever see a forecast for what crude inventories are going to be, take it with a huge grain of salt. A lot of them aren't actually taking into account what's going on in the markets. What they're doing is because they're giving, they're generating forecasts for every single economic event. And they're just taking last month's and the next previous and the previous five and just running some averages on it, doing some classic statistics stuff. So that's kind of my, you know, watching out for you guys. 
calendars that give you economic forecasts for trading numbers, just make sure you verify with some of the news that's going on. Because if you were paying attention, you were not surprised at a 14 million bill this week, this month, or this week. So, and um, I think that's going to wrap it up on oil. If you guys have any other, you know, please, if you guys have any questions, you want to hear more stuff about oil, you want us maybe to cover another asset, I'm considering maybe tossing in natural gas, but it's not necessarily my area of expertise, but I'd be interested. So uh, I'm tossing the idea around, please, you can email me mtanner at intercominc.com. You can get in contact with Stu at sturley at intercominc.com. We'll have all of our information and let us know if there's anything we're missing. If you want to give tips to the show, you want to be an anonymous tipster, I accept all of those. So I will, you keep completely anonymous if you want to keep it that way. Oh, you bet. Hey, Michael, uh, outstanding uh, uh, information today. Again, thank you very much for your leadership on this show. Um, I do want to give a shout out to the uh, big private companies that are helping out the country right now and stepping up and uh, really changing their manufacturing. Out of this, I hope that we take the next step and bring all the manufacturing back to the United States because our oil companies are so critical, our manufacturing all here. So uh, anyway, thank you for your leadership on the show and a shout out to the uh, folks that are stepping up in corporate America. No, I 100% agree. And I think that's part of, you know, and I really appreciate the, the, the shout out. I've, I've enjoyed doing this and, 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 I'm, and we're only getting started. We're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna continue to grow this thing and I'm excited to be, be that you guys are letting me be a part of it. Um, on, on your second point though, you know, it's, it's been really cool to see. And, you know, you, we brought up the idea of, as this, you know, oil relates to national security last episode, when we were talking about, you know, maybe we need, you know, we're now becoming so reliant. If this low oil price shuts down all shale operators, we're going to have to now import even more oil on top, you know, let alone we're now we're taught, you know, it's crazy how four days changes. We're talking about what we're going to do. We're going to have to import all of our oil because operators are going out of business. Now we're just having a conversation of he needs to cut X imports and we need to only use American. It's just crazy how a week can be so volatile. But along that same line, as this virus relates to national security, having our manufacturing, having so much of our value chain not made in America, depending on where, it doesn't matter where it is, but the fact that it's not here, I think it's something that, you know, is if you're a, if, if you're a policy wonk, I think you're going to look to being that as a big push, you know, maybe not soon, but, you know, a year, two, three years out. I think you're going to hopefully see a lot of ability for some of this, you know, companies that have fled America to hopefully come back in and see if we can bring some of this cash back here. But uh, on that front, we'll get into our final segment, which is our company to watch, Simarex Energy. Um, and, 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 and really why I like these guys is, is, is I was just, I, I was browsing a stock screener today. And if, and if you guys don't use a stock screener, you can find them at, at tradingview.com. It's, it's a free open source platform. And basically what it does is it just allows you to organize, filter, and take a look at all different company financials. And I was really interested in this price environment of finding companies that had obviously, um, you know, one of the big misconceptions is, is that debt is bad. Eh, it's bad, kind of, if you're using it in the wrong way. Debt can be a tool. It can also be a hindrance to you. In the case of Oxy, debt is the one reason why you can't move forward with anything you're doing. If you're a smaller company that has enough cash flow to sustain a very sizable revolving credit limit or, and has the ability to continue to convert these notes you know, six years out, 
debt is a very attractive thing to you because you can use it to grow and scale your operations. So I was really just looking at companies that have free, the, the amount of free cash flow as it compares to net debt. And I stumbled across Simrex just by happenstance. And then I looked at their chart and literally started drooling. Um, because, you know, when you look at, you know, first off, Simrex is a DJ and, uh, or Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico operator. Most of their wells are Wolf Camp Shale and Bone Springs in the Permian Basin, which if you've been, if you listen to the last uh, episode, Nick Berry talked about tier one acreage. That's, you're talking about Wolf Camp Shale and Bone Springs. Those are what we call tier one zones. So they have a really, really good stuff and they're liquid and oil rich, which is awesome. You know, they're doing about 620 million barrels oil equivalent a year, which is as of December 31st, 2019. Obviously those numbers have changed, but really the interesting part of what I found was this. They are doing about 27 or 20 million in free cash flow a year, which is very good considering the fact that they're doing, uh, their gross profit is 250 million. So they're doing a lot of reinvestment back into the company, but that free cash flow <coughs> is by far enough higher or by far enough is bigger to cover their net debt, which is like 2.1 billion, which in the environment when your market capitalization is 1.5 billion, but your enterprise value is 7.4 billion, that two billion debt doesn't look that bad because that's probably spread out over 10 to 20 years in terms of convertible notes. That's not debt net that's due tomorrow. That's net that that's debt that's probably spread out over a longer time frame. And you're talking about free cash flow. 20 million a quarter is nothing to sneeze at. And especially talking about 2.3 billion in revenue. And so the number the, the their financials look good. Then you look at a stock chart and I start you know, I, I, my, my mouth starts watering because they're trading at $16 right now, but January 6th, these guys were $50 stock and they were, and while they've been depressed over the last couple of years, I don't, this is a, this is a value stock right now that's down. Oh my goodness. Over 50% over, uh, you know, just year to year or not year over year, but we're talking two months, three months. And I think, you know, we don't give investment advice in this podcast, but this is, this is an undervalued, in my opinion, company that I think has suffered from an unfortunate drop in the EMP market. When, when you actually look at what they're producing, they're one of the few, you know, if, you know, if they didn't have Wolf Camp, if they didn't have stuff in the Permian Basin, I'd be out. But it's the fact when you got to look at their acreage. And, and, and so, you know, it's, it's the, it's, 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 you know, it's acreage, it's, it's, it's real estate. It's, it's location, location, location. It's just like, just like Stu's beautiful uh, house. He's got where uh, his uh, chalet he's working behind there. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, our common theme, Michael, that we have is good management, good numbers, right? Guess what? They have good management. I know a lot of the people there, they're good people. So good management, good numbers, and it's fun to hear your excitement about them because they are one of the ones that I think they'll survive. Awesome. And I definitely agree with you. I think I'm going to put them in the 10. Again, we don't give investment advice, but I love me some Simerex. And I, I think that's everything, Stu. Do you got anything else we need to chat about before we bring these guys into the weekend? Uh, I got to go fit into my flight suit because it's going to be a bumpy ride for the next few weeks. It, it, it really is. And we've got so much great content lined up on the Energy 360 network side that it's, it's going to be really awesome. I think, you know, we'll be teasing some stuff later here. But, I, you know, first of all, I just, you know, you know, for me, I just appreciate everybody who's reached out so far. The, the reception has been unbelievable from, from the network of people who have listened to so far. So continue. If you like this podcast, continue to rate, review, subscribe, push it out, share. 
Um, and, and we really appreciate you being a part. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys get back to work. Thank you for checking out the 360 Digital Closing Bell. And we will see you guys tomorrow for the digital, or t- this afternoon, excuse me, for the digital ticker.